This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Raw Reaction Show. Join you every morning at 8am UK time. Thank you for joining me. Thank you as always for making this a part of your morning routines. I'm not sure I've got the right camera on, you know. I think this is a different camera. Oh, hold on. There we go. That's better. Much better. Uh, (laughs) I just had to make a substitution, you know, and just bring in... Something to get the job done. Uh, that's what I needed. And that's what certainly we've just been able to do. And that's certainly what Arsenal did last night uh, with our favourite our favorite German <laughs> in the squad. Um, I think he's the only German, to be fair, in the squad. I'm now worrying I've forgotten something and someone major, but I don't think so. Uh, good morning, uh, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me, as always, uh, for our shows. We join you every single day at 8 a.m. to bring you all the latest Arsenal news, or in this case, our reaction show. Two Arsenal's win against Brentford last night. Uh, good morning to those joining us in the chat box. Sabre, Lars, Brad, Temi. Uh, good morning to Old Dave and Stephen Machiavelli and Martin. Good morning to Grantley Poos and Matt G and Black Shine and Ogun Joby. Uh, Odirile, we've got uh, Amber Lee as well. I see in the chat box. Nav, uh, I see. Uh, who else have we got? Nav, uh, Matt G, Global, House Sitters, uh, Glenn, Viraj, plenty more. Thank you, everybody, joining us. It's very much appreciated. And uh, if you could drop a like on the video, we would very much appreciate it. We're still just trying to push up. Uh, we're doing the 1,000 likes, and uh, it's continued after the international break, which is great. Just keep just keep liking the videos, guys, um, and helping us out. It's very much appreciated. So if you could drop a like and subscribe, all the youtube stuff, you know, uh, we love it. And it does mean, of course, that today, a little bit later on this afternoon, Around one o'clock um, in the afternoon, what we'll be doing is releasing our tickets for our live event in February. So keep your eyes peeled to social media. Keep your eyes peeled to uh, the Discord server, of course, uh, at Laguna Talk TV. I'll probably be putting up on the on the uh, Instagram as well. Um, but uh, yes, please do uh, get involved. Get ready to 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 get your tickets. There's only a limited uh, capacity, so it's first come, first serve. It's not a ballot system. <laughs> it's just the only way I could do this. If I could do a ballot system, I might. 
Um, but it is, I can't. So it's just one uh, well, first come, first serve on tickets. So make sure around at 1pm UK time today to grab hold of your tickets. Uh, right. Shall we get straight into things? I think we should. Um, Brentford nil, Arsenal 1, singing all the way to the top of the Premier League. A game in which Arsenal really had to grind out a result. And to be honest, let's be real. It's it's not exactly an uncommon fixture this season that Arsenal have had to grind out those victories, that they've had to really dig in and try and get a result. And once again, they stayed resilient and they kept fighting until the very, very end. And once again, Arsenal scoring late to secure what was a really, really important victory in the end as well. Kai Hatt in getting their results. Um, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna sing the song. You know the rule. We come to an agreement. We came to an agreement. If Arsenal win the league, I will give you the song. But just because he scored, it, it does not mean it doesn't mean that I can give you the song. Okay. He has he has to win the league. He has to win the league. He or rather Arsenal Arsenal have to win the league. And so because of that, and it, it, I'm not singing it. I'm just not singing it. I'm sorry. I have to apologise. But you know the rules. You can't peer pressure me into doing it. So I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry. Um, but waka waka. <laughs> you know, Kai Havertz scoring um, right at the end of the game. Scoring the goal that we have been waiting for him to get on the end of. That crossed to the back post. And, and finishing with that header was just a moment of pure joy. There was a moment slightly before that, like I think a few minutes before another cross came in and it was like, is he going to get his head on it? Because he was, uh, I think it would have been, it had to be like a glancing backwards header to get the goal. And it was like people around me in the press box thinking, like there's a real gasp of air, like he's going to do it. And then he actually did do it and did get the goal and did obviously hand Arsenal the three points and of course top spot in the Premier League table on a day in which Arsenal absolutely had to win. Manchester City and Liverpool drawing, Chelsea losing rather hilariously and that rubbed the salt in the wounds even more um, (laughs) than it maybe would have done had it not been Kai Havertz has scored. And of course, we've got Spurs against Aston Villa today as well. We're hoping for probably another draw, if not a Villa win in that one as well. So Arsenal had to win. Absolutely. There was no excuses. There was no getting around it. We had to win. And we did that. And Kai Havertz was massively, I mean, hugely um, the reason as to why that happened. We do need to talk about Aaron Ramsdale. I love this group. I love this photo. I love the camaraderie. I love the family feel, the connectivity, the responsibility that so many of these players feel. But we have to talk about those errors um, because I am quite empathetic toward Ramsdale in this situation. What I will say is that, you know, I've gone back and forth over this Ramsdale situation. You all know my views on this. In very short summary, I think that if Arsenal want to be ruthless in the market and bring in a better goalkeeper, great. That's, you know, I'd do that for any position. If you can bring in a better player, do it. But I do feel that the handling of that situation, not giving him those minutes in the Champions League to allow him to play more regularly, to stay in competition with Raya in games in which, if we're honest, changing the goalkeeper does not change the result of those games. Uh, in retrospect, it's easy to say, but it doesn't. And because he's had to come in on such a high-profile moment, they weren't mistakes of a bad goalkeeper. 
he they weren't the mistakes of a bad goalkeeper. And he showed that he's not a bad goalkeeper with how he played in the rest of the game, with the collections, with the distribution, with some of his passes and and with saves that he made as well. And Yuzuntar saying he tried to show off. That's just so far wide of the mark. So incredibly wide of the mark. And if you interpret it, that he's trying to show off rather than it being the mistakes of a nervous goalkeeper, I can't get my headspace into where you're at because that doesn't make any sense at all. It was so clear and obvious that Ramsdale was playing and with the the mistake, which obviously led to Brian and Waymo's chance, that he was trying to play what Arteta wanted. There wasn't an option available so clearly to him and he panicked and lost the ball and it nearly cost Arsenal massively and a massive props to Rice, who we'll come on to shortly. It wasn't about showing off. It was about trying to implement what Arteta has asked of him and in a moment where he probably should have just kicked the ball long which he's actually quite good at doing and knowing when to do he felt as though he's got to impress the manager and has to um, follow the instruction and it led to that error and then the throw the throw is just another moment of, of mad mad nervousness it's just another moment of mad nervousness um, and obviously leads to uh, a mistake when he's when the ball's leaving his arm. I can't help but put this on Arteta in so many ways. Like I see people trying to defend Arteta in this situation, saying, "How can you blame him?" Because he could have managed this situation better. He could have given Ramsdale more opportunities in a Champions League, meaning that when he does come into games, that he's not he's not having these moments of high narrative, high pressure, and that he's got more continuity about himself. And as Clive points out in the chat, second half was way better. Really good. And the thing is, if you take out those two moments of chaos, he actually had a good game. Like He had a good game if you take out those two moments. But those two moments are what people will remember. They are what people will take away from this performance, which is sad, but it's the truth because we are, you know, we're simple beings <laughs> and we remember the things that stick in our minds the most. And those two mistakes will stick in our minds the most. But I absolutely can't help but think that there is a nervousness that has been artificially created that need not have been. And the reaction from Arteta in his interviews, I didn't like. I didn't like the way in which he answered the questions or in some ways refused to answer the questions. He deserved the credit for how he improved. And he didn't get that credit. Um, he didn't get the credit given to him. Um, and Andy says that Tom Aaron was making these mistakes last season. Tell me at what point he made that mistake. I know people are going to point and go Southampton. I'm like, okay, sure. Because the Southampton is the one that sticks in my mind for the obvious error that he's made in the past. But beyond that Southampton mistake, I don't remember a time where he was caught on the ball in that fashion. I don't remember a time where he threw the ball into the ground. I don't remember those two incidents happening at all during his time. I, I, I don't I don't remember those moments at all in his game since being at Arsenal. He hasn't been perfect. You know, there's been some times where he's looked a little bit nervous in previous games at Arsenal. I'm not I'm not saying that. But these specific errors are very, very endemic, I think, to a new Aaron Ramsdale that has unfortunately been affected by the way in which I personally think there's been some mismanagement surrounding the goalkeeper. And I didn't like the way in which Arteta responded to the questions um, that was asked of him of Ramsdale. I felt he could have very simply 
credited Ramsdale for the way in which he responded in the second half and um and and spoken on that instead he deflected away from that and instead chose to talk about the team and I didn't like it I didn't just just didn't like it and it's I'm entitled to have that view um so there you go um Chris said hi Tom I would rather still have Ramsdale over Raya I I wouldn't personally I think Raya is the better goalkeeper but in this situation, I think we've just made this situation worse than we needed to. So that's kind of where my head's at with this one. Uh, the offside goal. It was offside. <laughs> um, I, I know that there's a lot of anger about this. Um, I know there's a lot of frustration about this. And this angle in particular has been shared around social media. When I first saw this angle, I was like, oh, okay, we're fine. Um, obviously, the other angle that we got showed that it was offside. Um, it is offside. It's awful when this happens. Um, but when we get into a situation whereby uh, <laughs> we are looking at toenails and little edges of our feet. Um, it's always going to be a frustration. But if this was going the other way, you know, I'd be I'd be clamoring for it to be called offside because it is. But if we're all very honest, and I can see all you guys in the chat box are already saying, Jesus has got to score here. Jesus has to score the first shot. Um Trossard maybe could be a little better in his positioning because he can see where he is in relation to Jesus. He's looking at Jesus for several moments before he actually takes the header. But that's being hypercritical of, of Trossard. Jesus has to score. And in those moments where there are going to be games where Havertz doesn't pop up at the end, these are going to be the times where we look at Jesus and say, is a better striker going to finish these chances? Uh, is a, and, and it was funny because there was a moment here before the game started, I was sitting and watching the the warm-ups, and Zinchenko was doing some practiced crosses uh, for, for Jesus. One header went really far wide. One header was very similar to this one and stopped by, I think it was Hilson in goal at the time, was palming it away quite comfortably. Heading, even though he scored that great goal at Liverpool at Anfield last season, you know, it's obviously an area of his game that, and just finishing in general that he needs to work on. But yeah, if we hadn't have won this game, this moment and Jesus in particular, I think would have been giving him absolute pelters. Um, so, yeah. And like I can see you already see that the... I mean, Captain Presence has, has jumped into predictable corner today by saying Tony would have finished that. I'm sorry. And he probably would because it's the type of chance that Tony feeds off of a lot better than what Jesus does. But it's not a reason. That's, this here is not a reason why you sign Tony over having Jesus for sure. And he, still for me, Jesus is the better centre forward for this Arsenal team than Tony. But in this instance, uh, he should absolutely score. Uh, Saka created more chances, five I think it was, uh, in this game than anybody else on the field. Um, he has been criticised uh, by rival fans, by our own fans, for not being consistent enough this season, for not showing enough this season. But you can always rely on Bakaya Saka to pop up with a fantastic moment of brilliance. And that cross, like all the focus is on Havertz, but that cross is gorgeous. It's in the perfect position where it's too far from the keeper to come and go and get it. But it's curling in at the back post where it just needs the touch of a genius. And that's what exactly what it got. And throughout the game, Saka, unlike Martinelli, you know, Martinelli has been getting a lot of kind of emphasis on the, uh, a lot of emphasis about his, uh, direct the direct runs that he has, the influence he has on the game. And I think over the last few games since his return from injury, the Man City game, the Burnley game, the Sevilla game, Martinelli's been, I think, slightly better, if not probably a bit more better than Saka. 
But this was a game where that flipped. Martinelli was kind of running down empty channels and not necessarily working, whereas Saka really did turn the screw in this game and had a much better performance um, than his wide counterpart and probably tipped the scales back in his direction for the season. But again, another brilliant performance from him. Really good creativity. Good link up with Erdegaard. Those two recombining and returning to have their um, partnership restored. Um, and I think that Saka, if he can build upon this moment and, and take things forward, it's going to be great. I spoke to the player after the game. You're going to be able to get those quotes a little bit later on tonight as well. First time I've been able to put a question to B uh, as well. And that was a, a personally a, a really nice moment as well. Uh, I wanted to bring up Rice and Zinchenko and their heroics in this game. Two goal line clearances. Obviously, we mentioned the Ramsdale mistake. Declan Rice, the presence of mind to get on the line immediately and block a shot. And not only block a shot, but put it into... I know there was a follow-up, but it was a it was a good block, even though it led to a follow-up chance. It was a really good stop on the line. He tried to get as much on it to push it as far away. And I think because he pushes it away in the manner that he does, the second chance isn't as clear-cut as it could have been to then you know give Brentford the lead. So fantastic presence of mind. And by the way, outside of that, individual moment rice again so strong so strong he's transformative the level of i still can't get over why there was so much apprehension about spending 100 million pounds on this guy i don't get it i also don't get how people can't say to me the guy is 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 not world class like what planet are people living on is he has been one of, if not the best centre midfielder in the league this season. I think he's been better than Rodri this season. I think he's been that good. He's utterly, utterly fantastic and a world-class footballer. And then Zinchenko. Now, I know that it was his mistake uh, that ultimately led um, to the the, the, the the role in his his own goal line clearance, and it's worth bringing that up. But outside of that, I thought he was. I thought Zinchenko had an excellent performance. Um, I thought it was one of his better displays um, as a player. His influence in helping keep control. Um, I know that there was a few moments where the ball got in behind, but as we discussed on the the preview show, I, I can't remember if it was Garrett, Dan, or Kean that said it. I remember one of them saying that it was going to be Gabriel. I think it might have been Dan um, that was saying that it was going to be Gabriel going up against Mbwemo, not Zinchenko. And even though the ball did get in behind Zinchenko, as it would because he comes so centrally into the midfield, um, Gabriel had a fantastic game as well. Better than Saliba, actually, I thought. Um, I thought Saliba looked a little shaky at times. Um, and it was Gabriel that stepped up uh, last night and uh, and allowed... Zinchenko to play the role that he did but yeah the moment where he, he slid in to get the goal line clearance fantastic it is better than Rice's for me I know that Rice reads the moment really well but to get a sliding foot in and block it it's really difficult to do that to judge the bouncing header and slide in to get the block amazing presence of thought and mind to do that uh, and I'm so so happy that Neil Mope was the guy that missed both chances that was a little bit of irony that I can live with with quite a large smile on my face and Arsenal have a plan for these low blocks. Teams are playing differently against us. This is very clear and obvious at this point. Teams are coming out and trying to frustrate Arsenal to hit them on the counter. And our plan for low blocks is working. Yes, it took until right at the end of the game to try and find a way to do it. But the substitutions were really pointed. The fact that it was Martinelli that came off and Trossard stayed on, the fact that Havertz came on into that position as well, of course, the fact that it was Nketiah. By the way, how Andy Nketiah has got away with not passing that ball, I don't know. 
that's they're the moments where I'd love Eddie and Ketter to be Gabriel Jesus because you know that Gabriel Jesus, if he's in that position, is probably passing the ball uh, way, you know, a, a greater presence of mind than than Inketia. That was criminal how he didn't pass that ball when he got into that position. But the plan for these low blocks is working. Now, if we'd have got that goal from Trossard earlier on in the game, if had we've just had an inch in our favour and he'd have been onside, I think the game plays out very differently as, as Brentford need to come out and attack and we would use the space to our benefits. But the low block is something that Arsenal were always going to have to compete with more this season because of how they played and how they dominated so many teams last season and how they blew teams away last season at points. And we were always going to have to try and come up with certain tactics to beat those. And Havertz is a fantastic option to have when you're trying to come up against a side with a low block and you need to get those balls into the box in the final minutes. It's not reductive. It's not basic. It's clever. And it works. And that's why Arteta wanted a player like Havertz. And that's why we started to throw crosses into the box in the manner that we did. And why Saka in particular was playing that specific ball into that specific area. And that's why Arteta knew to bring on Havertz, to get him into those positions. And that's why we won the game. It wasn't luck. It wasn't chance. It was designed. And that is the reason as to why Arsenal came out victorious yesterday, because we had a plan to deal with their plan, and it worked. And what that means, of course, is that Arsenal sit on top of the table at the end of... Uh, I say at the end of this game week, I know there are still games to be played by Spurs and Aston Villa, but they will be top of the table come the end of today, no matter what happens in that game. And... We haven't clicked yet. We aren't the best version of ourselves yet. There is still so much more to come from this Arsenal team. And that's a good thing. Because what you don't want is to peak early. And the thing is, last season, we peaked early. We reached a level that eventually couldn't be sustained. And it dropped off. And this season, we're tweaking things. We're changing things. And that comes with problems. That comes with teething problems. And that's why we've dropped some points in games like... Uh, the Fulham game, for instance, and of course, even though the Newcastle game, I don't think we deserve to lose that game. There was obviously, I still thought, a really encouraging performance at Newcastle, even though we didn't get the result that we wanted. But the Fulham game, I think, is obviously a really good example of a game in which we absolutely should have won, but didn't because we're still, we were still tweaking things, we're still learning things, but we've become so much more resilient. And that's why we beat Manchester City. You know, that's why we were able to beat that side. And uh, I think that the fact that Arsenal sit top of the table and yet no one's really talking about how great we are and yet all people have done is talk about how great Spurs have been this season and then you look at where Arsenal are in the table, it's a credit to the way in which we have become resilient whilst we continue to try to find our groove. And if you look at the way Man City approached the start of last season, they dropped points. They allowed a free-firing Arsenal to go top of the table and clear with loads of goals and big wins because they were still working things out. And after they dropped those points against Nottingham Forest, if you remember the game last season where we won at Aston Villa, and then all the fans on the trains coming home celebrating Nottingham Forest, holding City to a draw at the City ground. After that, after that Nottingham Forest game, City won every single Premier League game until they won the league. Every single one. That was the last time that they were giving Arsenal any inches. And Arsenal couldn't sustain it because of a number of factors like injuries, etc. But Arsenal are working things out and they are still winning games and they are showing great uh, solidity at the back and they're showing great promise. And when you've got players that have struggled and have faced plenty of criticism, just like Kai Havertz has, and when he starts to click and he starts to contribute and he starts to grow his confidence, 
there is so many reasons to be excited about what this team can bring us. Right, uh, let's go to part two and your questions then about yesterday's win over Brentford right after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, let's go into the chat box, shall we? Um, and see what thoughts you've got. We can talk about Havertz, we can talk about Ramsdale, we can talk about Arteta, we can talk about the, the, the league table, where we're at. Um, let's try and tackle as many of these thoughts as we can. And says, uh, what about the narrative with Liverpool? City-Liverpool game was hyped as the game of the season. And Liverpool are back as the main title challengers. Now we're top of the league. Watch how the narrative changes. I think the, the bigger question here is watch how the narrative doesn't change. I still think Arsenal are not going to be given the credit that they deserve, and I'm fine with that. Let people underestimate us. Let people ignore us. Let people not worry about us. That is that is the way forwards because we just want to just kind of you know go as under the radar as we feasibly can. People keep underestimating us. People keep putting us underdogs because as soon as people realise what we are and what we're capable of. Things change. Narratives change. Pressures change. As much as we can try and keep the pressure off as we can, that's that's what we want. Uh, Matthew says, uh, Jeremy Doku was all bark and no bite in that game. Now, this might be referencing a certain tweet that I put out yesterday. And you know what? It was a controversial tweet. And it was a little bit of a playful one. Um, Doku's one of those players that I think is the perfect example of like what fans want to see in a player, but not necessarily what the team benefits from the most. And a player that's really nippy and fast and dynamic and, you know, bursts into the box and bursts into tight spaces and does skills and tricks. And uh, I tweeted saying that I don't think that Doku has necessarily been a better signing than what Havertz has for Arsenal. And you might think, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And I will understand why you will think that. But I also back that up by saying, I reckon in any phone, in any debate, I reckon I could back up this point. And I was, it was a tweet in which I kind of was hoping that I was going to be able to reference back to kind of come the end of the season. Um, it turns out I just needed a few hours um, to reference back to that tweet. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was great. I had Harry Simeon sitting behind me who saw the tweet as well, and you know, his own suspicions, his own question marks as to why I tweeted that. Um, 
But I certainly stood up at the game finish and turned around and said, well, that tweet don't look so silly anymore now, does it? <laughs> um, so I understand what people thought. And to be fair, I had a lot of respect for people saying, Tom, I usually respect your opinion, but this is mad. <laughs> I completely get that. People are allowed to have their hot takes. You know, people can have their crazy views on things. I, I, I respect the crazy views sometimes. But let's wait and see. And it's not about, like, who's the better player. Like, I think if we're talking about who the better player is, as an individual, Doku is for sure better. I'm talking about who got the most out of their signing. And come the end of the season, who is going to get the most out of the signing that was made? Doku is about as expensive as what Havertz was. And at the end of the day, if Havertz is going to start doing things like we saw today or yesterday uh, in the game against Brentford, then it's not really going to be that much of a debate. If there is a more meaningful impact from Havertz across the season, um, than Doku, then I'm going to stand firm on that. But if come the end of the season that hasn't happened, I will be the first to hold my hands up. You know, I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong and I have no problem doing that at all in this case. Uh, first of all, uh, we need to rewind because Aaron Knowles, who is a fantastically dedicated listener to the chat, did, uh, provided five memberships um, very kindly uh, of his own. Uh, what's the words? Abolition? <laughs> is that the right word? It's not, it's not abolition, is it? Uh, of his own generosity, I suppose. Uh, thank you, Aaron. Uh, and uh, I hope that those five that were gifted those memberships. Enjoy them. Um, welcome to the TGT family. Uh, Ethan, uh, who joined us from New Zealand the other day for our phone-in show, has been a member for nine months now, says, Mikel being so staunch in his defence of Raya during his struggles compared to refusing to say Rama's name when asked a direct question sucks to see. Clive did point out a volition. Thank you, a volition. I uh, appreciate the correction. That's the word I was looking for. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, and Clive pointed out that he did say and was kind of, he said he showed courage, but he really had to be pushed, Clive, into answering that question and directly referencing Ramsdale. And if you watch the press conference back as well, it wasn't comfortable <laughs> viewing. It re I think he could have been, I th all, all I think that Arteta needed to do was just address him in the media immediately, not deflect. As soon as he deflected away from and started talking about the team when it was a direct question about Ramsdale, that created a narrative, that creates a story in the same way that not giving Ramsdale the minutes in the Champions League creates more of a story than it needed to. It, for me, I think Arteta is culpable in this situation and I wish he wasn't and I, I hope that he learns from this. I hope that Arteta learns from this situation. Um and doesn't make these mistakes when we want to be ruthless with a, a certain player or any player in the squad in the future. I hope that it's a learning curve, but I just don't think it's gone about it in, in the right way, to be fair. Um, let's go to Owen. Uh, Amira Zuri says, Owen Hargreaves highlighted that Rice could have stood still to receive from Ramsdale, but ran across as Ramsdale wanted to pass and may have contributed to him stalling. Not 100% Ramsdale's fault, more like 90. And I think I pointed this out as well uh, in the first part of the show. Uh, there wasn't an immediate option available to Ramsdale, really. And so I think that led him to panic rather than just kicking the ball away because obviously Arteta really wants him to keep the ball on the floor. And he knows that to impress Arteta, he's got to deliver on the instructions that Arteta is giving him. And so because of that, I think he, that made him panic and ultimately led to the mistake happening. But yeah, I think there it's not 100% Ramsdale. It's largely Ramsdale, but there is certainly percentages that need to be given to Arteta and, and those uh, teammates around him that didn't necessarily offer him the right position. Um, 
Proper Meds says he can't win. The media is trying to farm quotes for narratives and the fans need to stop falling for it. I don't think it's, in this case, farming quotes. Like, journalists are entitled to ask questions. They're entitled to ask about the big key points of the game, of which Ramsdale was obviously one. And managers, it's a very common practice. You will face questions after games. You will face questions in the in the press conference. And you know, really, what's going to get asked. I just don't think the prepared answer was the best that it could have been. Uh, Greg says, Tom, a few months ago, there was a report saying Ramsdale was the most valuable goalkeeper in the world, football. Yes, that was um, CIES, I think, uh, said that. Um, uh, do you think the way this has uh, been handled has negatively affected what we may end up getting for him? Uh, potentially, yeah. Um, I, I do. I think that if Ramsdale had started those Champions League games and played, you know, what we've played, four Champions League games plus the the two cup games and now this Premier League game, he would have had seven uh, appearances plus the, the opening games of the season. He would have been playing more consistently. And if we were going to move him on, we would have got more money. I think that it has affected his value. Um, it has affected what Arsenal might end up getting. It might not be a massive impact on what we might get for him. It depends how Arsenal are in the market and how they look at it. For the record, Arsenal's position on this is that they don't want to sell Ramsdale. That's their position. They don't. They haven't got an interest in selling him in January. They don't want to sell him. But often, what happens is the player can affect um, the player can affect the uh, the situation and can help to push through moves. Of course, but Arsenal's position, to my understanding, is that they don't want to sell Ramsdale. Um, but in regards to the value, it's, it'd be. I don't think there's an argument really against the idea that his value has been affected um, in these last couple of months. Uh, Wayne says, "Oh, Tom's cooking his dinner." <laughs> uh, I love this. Yes, Tom finding his angle. I love this hot take. Uh, I don't come out with too many hot takes, but there you go. It's, I put one out there and get absolutely battered for it, and then immediately <laughs> hours later, Kai Havertz pops up and uh, does the business. Uh, Dow says, um, "Did you notice that Rice wasn't playing on the right side as much, linking with Erdegaard and Saka like Partey usually does when he plays defensive midfield?" I think there's an emphasis on the fact that Erdegaard does more defensive work than Trossard does. And I think maybe that's why Rice skews left. I also think that maybe he slightly skews more left because you've got a more defensive-minded right-back in Tommy Asu than you do left-back in Zinchenko. So I think the balance of the team means that Rice tends to skew to the left. Uh, Rob says, uh, did you notice Ramsdale went uh, long on almost every goal kick in the second half? Do you think Arteta has had enough of the risk of him going short? I can't imagine Raya being told to do the same. Um, I don't think he went long in all those moments. There was a good throw out to the left-hand side. Um, there was some good short passes. It wasn't, I don't, I think maybe that just you thinking that it was all long passes because you noticed it makes it easier to forget the short passes that he also did in the second half or the short throws that he did in the second half. Uh, as we, you know, it's, it's natural that human beings focus in on things when they know. That's why I always say to people, don't disregard statistics because the eye test is biased. The eye test is just what you've seen. And it's very hard to just think that there's more than what you've seen, but you are only able of watching so much and noticing and remembering so much. And that's why I so encourage people to not ignore statistics. And so that is is why I always lean on that. So I bet I, if you look at the statistics of the second half, Ramsdale probably did contribute a lot of short passes um, that we've forgotten about. But there were some longer ones. Um, 
But I thought in the end, to deal with the pressure that he had to deal with, the fan, the Brentford fans in particular, and how he ended the game, he ended very, very strong indeed. Uh, Captain Presence says, pretty awkward, but for sure. Uh, his dad did not help one bit, kept the family out of the media unless it's for something positive. I mean, if he's, he's entitled to his opinion. So if he wants to voice it, He's entitled to do that. Um, and I empathise with this position. Uh, Alex says Wolves have been linked this morning with a £35 million move for, for Ramsdale. I think he's worth more than that. I think we, you know, if we were talking about Ramsdale, his value last summer before Raya came in, I think we were talking about a goalkeeper that was worth up was a £50 million. So if he's dropped to £35 million, and I say dropped at 50 at the absolute minimum, I thought his value was in the summer, that's quite a significant drop in a short space of time. So again, if he's going to move on, I guess we're going to have to wait and see what he ends up moving on for. Um, let's go to Culture. Says, greetings, Tom. Great stream. Uh, it is my opinion that we did not play bad yesterday, but Brentford played extremely well and to stop us from playing. So for me, it was a great win. Uh, and what do you say to that? I think that you're right. I think that Brentford did play a good game. I still think Arsenal deserved to win the game overall. I think obviously the, the best chances they had, which came from those goal line blocks were more of Arsenal's making than Brentford's making uh, and so therefore you can't necessarily turn around and say well Brentford deserved to win they had two shots cleared off the line but yeah they were made more of Arsenal's own volition um, than, than anything else so I think overall Arsenal created the better chances obviously we had a goal ruled out for a very narrow offside and in the end managed to get a, a genuine goal at the end so Arsenal certainly deserved to win the game and I think that even though Brentford played well um, we Arteta was right in what he said about saying that he thought that we deserved to win it and ultimately getting those three points at Brentford is not an easy thing it was certainly down as one of the games that we were expected to win as it is for any team in the top six that goes to Brentford but they don't all do it and we did and that's what's important uh, Steve says uh, although I didn't want a City victory yesterday but I was fuming when their second goal was disallowed I should learn how to move on from the Newcastle game um, Yes, Steve, you're right. And I haven't actually touched upon this in today's show. Manchester City should have had a second goal. It is, it's not a foul. Goalkeepers are incredibly protected, incredibly protected. But if you're going to give that as a foul, you have, you, you have to give the Joel Linton on Gabriel one a foul. And it is just that consistency that is missing. It is that consistency that is lacking. I feel sorry for Dale Johnson. He's going to have to write a piece for the ESP. I say I feel sorry for him. <laughs> I almost feel like there's been an element, and I mean this with respect, Dale, but I just feel like I can't help but sometimes feel as though it's almost like those articles have become in some ways like a way of justifying the decisions. And I really think the reaction to the Newcastle one highlighted that a lot. But I think the work that goes into those articles are excellent, and I really appreciate the work that does. I, it's just I felt, I felt frustrated uh, in response to some of it, but again, yeah, good luck with the good luck with the weekend's action and talking through that Manchester City moment in context of obviously what we've recently seen from Arsenal's game against Newcastle. Uh, Philhead says, "I know it's easier said than done, but one thing I feel that they could improve better to combat the low blocks by transitioning quicker up the pitch and exploit the spaces we take a bit too long. Sometimes I think that's fair. You know, maybe we are a little bit slow at times, and we could be quicker. We don't." We only possess, Saka and Martinelli are really the only real rapid players that we possess. Like you look at other teams that are really good on the counter, it's because they have like overlapping fullbacks that are like 
absolutely rapid as well. We don't play with that system. So we don't overload in the wide areas on a counter so quickly because Tommy Asim and Zinchenko aren't that way inclined. We're very much reliant upon the the wingers to give us that speed and transition. So it's it's a, it's a balance. It's you know it's it's what you give and what you take from those situations because you get a lot of control, a lot of dominance, a lot of really thoughtful and decisive passing. But on the transition, you lack then the overloads that you get when you've got like quicker, um, more offensive-minded fullbacks that can provide you with you know a four on three or four on two or five on three situations. Um, that you don't usually get when we play the system that we have. Um, Hussein says you have to protect the keeper when any player touches their arms or hands because it impedes their ability to punch or hold the ball. Both Joel Linton uh, were fouls. And I, I think goalkeepers are protected for a good reason, obviously, and, and maybe there is a slight difference, but I think it's a foul in both situations. Like, I think it's a foul, really, because by what we've understood, not no matter what I think a foul constitutes, but if you're saying that, if you're saying that um, the uh, the Joel Linton one isn't a foul, but you're saying that the Akanji, I think it was Akanji, wasn't it? Um, the Akanji one on on Allison is a foul. Then it's got to both be fouls. If you're saying that that's not a foul, then the other one can't be, and that's. That's the inconsistency, frustration that we get ourselves into. Uh, Christian says, Ramsdale displaying these nervous moments just because his position has been challenged or the manager has not given him game time is worrying for me. Where's his bottle or composure? The word bottle there is not really relevant. Um, composure is, I think that it's it's still going to be natural. But these are human beings. People look at them as like names on a computer game. And I, I always don't share that sentiment. It's like the line of, these are professional footballers. That's often a line gets talked about. Like, you know, when we talk about um, these are professional athletes, they should be able to play two games a week. And you, it completely, those those sentences, those sentiments completely ignore the human and biological, in the case of the fitness ones, elements of the game. They completely take away that that side of it. Yes, they're professional footballers, but they're human beings at the end of the day. And human beings will suffer from nerves. Players will suffer from nerves at times. And yes, the best players in the world might not. But I guarantee you there are moments where nerves have shown through in the best players in the world. And I just don't think the situation has particularly helped Aaron Ramsdale in this uh, iteration of a goalkeeping dynamic. Uh, the walking man says it's perfect for a team like Brentford. They aren't going to win the league, but staying successful and stable is a great achievement for the club whilst competing for cups. Um, I mean... I don't really understand the comment, to be honest. Uh, the Brentford team, like the the transition play on that, I think maybe you're talking about the the, the kind of the, the grittiness of the performance and the way in which we approached the game was perfect for playing Brentford. I think that's maybe the way that you mean. Um, and I agreed in some games that you have to be, you have to dig in. Um, you have to um, battle and grind out results at this level at times when you're maybe not still at your absolute best getting a result is the most important. So that's that's really, really key. Uh, Aditya says, agreed. Check the nerves in the India uh, Cricket World Cup final uh, as a good example. I, I'm not into the sport, but if you're telling me that they showed nerves in, in their home World Cup, then I think that's probably a great example of that. Um, Havertz up top, says Robert. No. <laughs> I mean, it works. It works. It's clearly worked yesterday, but I, I wouldn't use him as a central striker as from the start of games. I think he can influence things at the end. He's a great option to have. And so that's really, really important. 
Uh, Zungtas says, Tom, it's not football related, but can I suggest you watch a show called Invincible? It's amazing. Uh, I've heard about it. It's animated, right? Um, a friend of mine watches it, but uh, thanks for the suggestion. Uh, Proper Meds says, uh, how much does Ramsdale's nationality and likability shape these discussions? The stats show Raya is better, and Leno and Emmy Martinez never got weeks uh, of think pieces in similar positions. Uh, I think the likability plays more of a factor than the nationality. The nationality comes into it in some ways, I think maybe regarding kind of the the national view, because obviously he was, he was a goalkeeper with the potential to become England's number one. So that plays in some regard. What I don't like is when nationality is used to talk about him as a player purely on his like his quality. Like when you're talking about his quality, the nationality is is, neg- is is negligible. It's not even worth discussion. Like it's, you're talking about the player as an individual, you don't talk about the nationality. You, what you talk about with the nationality is the sentiment about what being dropped means for him as a player in the context of the national team. But the likability, I think, actually is is plays more of a part because he's. Arsenal fans have grown to love Ramsdale, his character, his mannerisms, his family. You know, there's so much more around that. And I think that's led there to be a lot more discussion about this. You're right. Raya is statistically better, as I continue to tell people. But a lot of people don't want to hear that. And they don't care about that. And I can't argue with anyone that feels that way. Because when you present someone with what are facts, that Raya is better in XYZ in all of these important areas, and they're disregarded because this is stats and you bend them to where you want, you know, sorry, but it doesn't work that way. When all of these stats are showing that he's better across all of these different metrics, and obviously we can see on the field that Raya is more attuned to doing what Arteta wants in terms of distribution in that section, even though there's been mistakes, it's it's not really that debatable. It's I just don't think it's that debatable. Um, and I want Arsenal to be ruthless. I want Arsenal to construct a squad that isn't built on sentiment, but it is built on what Arteta, who has taken this team from where they were when he arrived to where they are now, competing for the biggest and best trophies in the world, that's come through ruthless decision-making with the squad. Do I want that to end because I like a player? No, I don't. I want Arsenal to continue with this ruthless approach to, um, to squad building. However... I do think that there are things I would have done differently that I think maybe would have helped this situation not spiral out of control somewhat. And that would have been using Ramsdale in the Champions League games, which I don't think would have changed too much in a negative manner. And I think would have benefited us a lot more. So I hope that tackles that question to the best of my ability. Um Vihar says, I'm so, so, so happy for Havertz. Can you please just shout it out one more time? You can see his nerves are in there. Uh, the human condition that we have and Arteta has managed him well. Yeah, and I think this is true. Like, Whilst I'm critical of how Arteta has managed Ramsdale, I think the way in which we've managed Havertz has been really good. You know, somebody that struggled to transition into the team, he's been taken out of the spotlight when he's needed to, to just give Arsenal a little bit more consistency. And then he's been brought into games at the right points. And he's been given the opportunity to do that, like we saw yesterday. So whilst there's criticisms of the way in which Arteta has handled Ramsdale, I think there's a lot of praise for the way in which Arteta has handled the Havertz situation. So this is it's not you can't just use Ramsdale and say, oh, Arteta's a bad man manager because of this Ramsdale situation, because I'll go, well, look at how he's handled the Havertz situation. 
it's been far, far better. I think he, what he did after the game with him was great. You know, so that's that's really, really important. That's really, really important. Uh, Franklin Goodwin says, you can use stats to prove a lot of things if you ignore certain things. Are big saves included? Shot stopped, for example, is a misleading stat because a lot of shots are straight at keepers. It depends. Well, when you say big saves, like big saves are subjective, aren't they? So it'd be impossible to, to do that because big saves are a subjective description. Uh, I guess you'd need to look at kind of XG against and then goals conceded. That would probably be the best way of looking at it. I haven't got the stats to hand, but I can definitely try and get them for you tomorrow. Um, I guess that's probably the best way of, of looking at it. Um when you look at XG uh, against and then goals conceded. If you're outperforming your ex, uh, expected goals conceded, so what that means is if you've conceded less goals than what your expected goals uh, conceded is, it means you're, out, you, you, you're outperforming them, so you're doing better. If, you're, if you've conceded more goals than what your expected goals against says, then you're underperforming. So I guess that would be a way of looking at it for tomorrow. Maybe I'll try and get those stats if I can find them. Uh, for tomorrow morning show. Someone please remind me of that as well. And Rob says, what stat resources do you use? Uh, Scout or FB Ref? Uh, usually the ones I cross-reference and use quite a lot. So Scout costs a lot of money, uh, but FB Ref is, uh, is a free service you can use online. So uh, I recommend those two. Uh, usually they're very, very good. Right. I think that brings us to the end of today's show. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Very much appreciated time. Leave your thoughts and comments on everything that you've thought about today down in the comment section below. And if you could drop a like on the video, I'd appreciate that. Um, our tickets are going to be dropping. I'm going to endeavor to get them out for 1 p.m. UK time today. So 1 p.m. UK time. Our tickets for our live event are hopefully going to be dropping i will be tweeting it out i'll be putting it in the discord server so if you want to get a ticket for our live event in february 22nd uh in north london and, and in angel at the old queen's head um uh in in angel then please please do get online at 1 p.m uk time today and grab those tickets there is a limited capacity it is first come first serve so if you're around on february the 22nd with for me and a host of fantastic guests please, please do grab your tickets at 1pm UK time. So that is in, or oh, it's what, nine minutes to nine. So in four hours, uh, in four hours time, those tickets will be dropping. Ah, oh, and we've found someone to delete in the chat box for their abuse. It's always good. When, I feel like it's a good way of ending a show is when you can make your community a little bit better by removing those abuses in the chat box. Anyway, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Really appreciate your time. Uh, and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your weekend. Let's keep those fingers crossed that Spurs drop points today. And, uh, yeah, move forwards uh, with plenty of positivity. Have a brilliant Sunday. Stay safe. Stay well. And, as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, 
there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.